Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we made it. Mama Mew, we made it. I almost messed that up so badly. The NBA season is starting today. Welcome to the Dream Team Podcast. I am your host, as always, Jake Schultz. This is episode 22. And join with me, all virtual today, because they all hate me. Zulfi Shake. What's up? What's up? Spencer Kloss. How's it going? And Daniel Ramos. Watch some basketball. <laughs> Let's Woo. do it. How are we feeling, boys? It's back. The NBA season is among us. Hey, it's our first NBA season with the podcast. Like yeah. from the start. Last time we started during the playoffs, it was a really funny time to start. So this is really the the first full season for us. So I'm super excited for it. And I need to hear Daniel and Spencer sound excited. That was depressing. Show me some energy, guys. Come on. The Raptors are winning the championship. Let's go. There we go. That's what I want to hear. Let's go. Nice. And I, I just finished an overnight, so I'm a little tired. But you know what? Raptors are winning the championship. Totally with Spencer there. Dennis Schroeder, finals MVP. Let's go. I haven't heard Let's Dan go. this excited since he said that we had two listeners on the podcast. It's great. Oh, yeah. And I appreciate them every episode. Thank yeah. you to our two listeners. This is the start of our first ever season in the NBA. The 2023-2024 season starts tonight. The Warriors and Suns and the Lakers and Nuggets starting things off. And we're going to run down these two games. Why not? I'm going to start with you first, Zulfi. The Warriors and Suns. The Suns are a team that you've been very high on this entire offseason. Only continued to get more highs as the season went on. What are your expectations for this game, especially now that Bradley Beal will not be playing tonight? That is confirmed by Shams. Is that his back? His back's a little sore, so he's going to be sitting. Sophie, what do you think is going to happen this game? Look, I think this game is set up to be this heavyweight matchup. You have such prolific scorers on both sides. Obviously, you have Steph Curry on the one side versus now without Bradley Beal. You still have Devin Booker and Kevin Durant on the other side. But... I think this is going to be a case of like week one in the NFL. It's going to be rusty. It's going to be a bit of a letdown. I don't want to be that guy, but I don't think like it's going to come out and be fireworks right away. Because quite honestly, both these teams have so much to work through. The Warriors are not perfectly constructed as they are. You still have Andrew Wiggins barely played last year. You need to bring back him into the fold. And hey, there's also Chris Paul, another point guard on this team. What is this team going to look like with Chris Paul in there? Is he starting? Is he coming off the bench? How much is he actually going to play alongside Steph Curry? Klay Thompson is saying this year is going to be his best year ever in the NBA. Klay Thompson, you've had some pretty good years in the NBA, so it's going to be hard to top that, but he's saying it. So what's his role going to look like? And what is the big man rotation with this team going to be for the Warriors? And then on the Suns, like I said, you'll have more time with Kevin Durant with Devin Booker. But the story of Kevin Durant the past couple of years has been when he plays with his co-stars, they do really well. When James Harden and Kyrie Irving played with Kevin Durant, they were winning a lot of games. The problem was that they didn't play together much. And the first step, the first game of the Phoenix Suns actual era with Bradley Beal and Devin Booker, what happens? Like you said, Jake, Bradley Beal isn't playing. So what are our expectations right now? I don't know, because you're, you're just going to have to keep waiting to see the full like complement of players for the Suns. So I feel like this is, I don't want to say it's a nothing game, but without Bradley Beal there, with the Warriors still figuring it out, I think this is a bit of a trap game for NBA fans to be super excited about. It's going to be a lot of rust. It's going to be a lot of cogs of working things through. And we'll get into the other game in a bit, but I think that game has a lot more juice than this one. But this one, it's going to be exciting because you have Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, former teammates. They're both high scorers. But I think this is going to be a lot rustier than people think. 
Dan, are you looking forward to this game? Yes, yes, I am. Um, I actually think it's gonna like finish uh, pretty close within like five points around there. Uh, I do think the Suns win though. Um, I think KD and Booker have had enough time to play with each other that they are just a good enough duo to overpower the other team. Uh, and like Zolfi said, like there's a lot of things for the Warriors to sort out, like Chris Paul. And I mean, I don't think it's going to take long for them to sort things out because Chris Paul is one of the best point guards of our generation, and Steph Curry is the best point guard we've ever seen, in my opinion. I don't think it's a hot take, though. Um, so that shouldn't take long to sort out. Zolfi, you're making a face. Uh, <laughs> would you like to comment on what I just said there? I just you said it with a lot of chest. I think Steph Curry is one of the two best point guards in my opinion. I'm still I think there's a debate to be had. I think Magic Johnson is still there, but I, I was just a little taken aback. It was a very confident on Steph Curry. You sounded like there was no debate there. I don't know. What's your favorite Magic Johnson I, game? I don't, I, don't, I don't think there's a debate anymore. What's my favorite what? Magic Johnson game. My favorite Magic Johnson game is rookie season, playing at center. Yeah. Uh, filling in for Kareem. You remember that one? Well, did I watch it live? No, but Magic <laughs> Johnson is my favorite like old school player of all time. Okay. I say this to everyone, and people get sick of hearing this. I have the same birthday as Magic Johnson. That's why I'm biased. I grew up being a huge Magic Johnson fan, watching all his like games from back in the day. So I still think he's up there with Steph, but that's just me. Spencer, my favorite thing about Magic Johnson is his tweets. Yeah, I love a good old Magic Johnson tweet. Honestly, he just explains everything like we didn't already know it. It's very good, very wise. Yeah, Spencer. Uh, well, I think the Suns are going to blow out the Warriors tonight. Oh. That's my hot take for the episode. Okay. Any reason? Why? Why do you think that? Uh, I just think that the Warriors are built on kind of a a core of five players. I think they got worse over the summer. And I think Chris Paul is going to be a good fit on that team. But I have to agree with you guys that just right away, I don't really know how he's going to play with Steph. And I think that they're going to have their offense is going to need some time to figure that out. And I think uh, I think Kevin Durant just puts on a show tonight. Are we all concerned about Clay Thompson this season? Because a lot of reports have come out since our last episode that this may be Clay's last season with the Warriors, and that he will be testing free agency most likely. Are we worried that he's just going to be chucking the ball up the whole season? Well, no one drafted him. I just want to say so. That's true. I get that there might be a bit of concern with that idea of Clay just being out there chucking the ball up, but. Really, isn't that what you kind of hope and want him to do? Like that is Clay Thompson's role. I get that he provides more, but the thing is, he's just no—he's no longer the defender he used to be. Injuries yeah. just took too much of a toll on him, and he still tries, I think. But if I have Clay Thompson out there, I want him to have the confidence to shoot the ball because I know eventually when that heat check moment happens, there's just about other than Steph Curry, no one is as hot as Clay Thompson when he's shooting and he's in that sh- in that zone. So I'm okay with that, quite honestly. In contract years, most people play better than their kind of like what you expect out of them. So I think it's a recipe for success, in my opinion. Yeah, I actually uh, completely agree with you, Zofia. I think the only thing that people need to be concerned about with Clay Thompson is his defense. But I actually did mention this, uh, like, mid-summer, um, that, like, I think the solution was for him to play power forward because he's lost that, like, quick lateral movement that he used to have where he could guard, like, any of the small guards. Um now he's a little slow for that. They can easily, like, pass by him. But, like, if you actually look at Clay, he's a really strong guy. So I know recently the Warriors actually did now announce that they are thinking of uh, playing him at um, defense for the, the opposing power forward. 
and I saw a lot of people clowning that. I just I completely disagree with that. Like, he's a really, really strong dude, and the you don't need a lot of quick lateral movements. So I actually think that could be like the perfect solution for any defensive worries that people may have about him. In terms of offense, it's Clay. The guy does, you know, he's the best at what he does, you know. Um, so I, I wouldn't really – well, one of the best at what he does, so I just wouldn't really worry about that. You have to clarify that one, eh? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say uh, – you remember Wolverine? He's like, oh, I'm the best at what I do, and what I do isn't very nice. But I was like, you know what? I'm just – that doesn't make any sense in the in this context. So I just skipped over it and then butchered that line. So You know what's crazy, yeah. too, is like – at least for me, I see Clay after the injuries. You think he's, like, regressed so much from it. And, like – Optically, you think he has, and he obviously has had some cold stretches. I know he had that major shooting slump last season, but the guy averaged 22 points last season on, like, nearly 50% from the field, and then, uh, oh, it was, like, 44% from the field, and then 40% from three. He still played Thompson. He's averaging over 20 points a game, and that's as, like, the third option, sometimes fourth option on this Warriors team at times. So I think, like, it, it's just a reminder that Clay Thompson can still be that guy, and, like, to Jake's question, the concern about, like, are you worried about him chucking it up? If he's shooting it at 40 percent clip and chucking it up and averaging 22 points a game pretty happy with it and a contract year that's probably going to bump up a little bit to be honest the thing is though it's the eye test too right like he's just not yeah. the same player anymore and we all saw how he played last year come playoff time too he was not reliable whatsoever and he's only getting older at that point and that clip of Wemby making a fool out of him i don't know i i, I, I don't know <laughs> Like Wemby's just gonna do that to a lot of players this year, though. Yeah. Like I think people like yeah. he Wemby blocked Andrew Wiggins on like a three pointer. Like that was the most ridiculous thing I've seen in my life. Like that I think the Wemby part of it isn't me. But I think you're also right though that like Clay Thompson just visually is not the same player that we remember pre injuries. So it's just for him like to your point, I think it is gonna be a lot of like the mental fatigue of it all. Like does he get any like like sore knees and things like that throughout the season and how much is that gonna affect him? That shooting slump he had last season and that that was quite honestly one of the biggest talking points of his year. Like is he gonna get out of it? What's he gonna do? How what how is he gonna get out of that slump? Because you know who Clay Thompson is. So I think like the mental part of it is gonna be the biggest challenge for him, especially in a contract year. What's next? You have the rumors of the Lakers. His dad played for the Lakers. Is he gonna wanna go there? The same rumors are there for Draymond Green as well. Like is Draymond Green gonna eventually go to the Lakers? His best friend LeBron is there. So you have all these narratives around this team which i think are going to play in a, a big role in what happens because the only like real lockdown thing here is steph curry and obviously it's a great thing to have but really outside of him this team has a lot to work through i'm not surprised the lakers are rumored with anyone else because when are the lakers not rumored with players at this point <laughs> it's like every player in the league the lakers want on their team yep. we talk if, about if steph curry does go down are we really worried about this warriors team because i am yeah a thousand like, think percent. about the yeah. roster 100%. without steph like it they have no depth, in my opinion. I'm trying to look up their. You're going to be depth. expecting Chris Paul to come in there and be that guy if Steph goes down, and we know that he can't be that guy anymore. And I was going to ask you this, Spencer. Optically, how do you see Chris Paul and Steph Curry playing with each other this season? Because we all had, like, there's a couple of us that had him as six man on our predictions, which we'll get to a little bit later. But how do you think these two are going to work together? Um, I was kind of thinking six man as well. I know I didn't wasn't on that episode, but I thought that it'd be more like a compliment piece, like off the bench to kind of run their offense when Steph needs a break. But I guess they're gonna run them both this to start the season. That's why I'm kind of worried about them tonight. I think they need to kind of stagger their minutes a bit more. Do you think there's gonna get to a point where Chris Paul is gonna end up coming off the bench? Uh, I I think so. 
Okay. I think it's better to have like a shooting guard that's just like a pure shooter, maybe. Or I guess if you're gonna play clay uh, more in the front court, then yeah, I have like more of a a role playing shooting guard rather than the guy that needs the ball to be effective. So Dan, you already said Suns are gonna win tonight. I want to hear from everyone else. Zolfi, who's winning? Oh man, this like I said, I don't think this is gonna be living up to the hype that people have for this game. So it's hard for me to pick, but it I can't really go away from the points that Dan and uh, Spencer made. I think the Warriors have a bit more to figure out coming into this game. And on one side, I see Steph Curry, who is a game changer. But on the other side, I see Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. So it's like a two versus one in terms of guys who can change the game. Either. And obviously, Heat Chuck Clay can play a factor, but he's a bit less reliable at this point in his career. So I think Kevin Durant and Devin Booker come out and try to make a statement. You have the depth of this Suns team. Honestly, the one thing I'm looking out for more than anything, how does Phoenix look defensively? Yeah. That was going to be a big question coming in. I think Kevin Durant is underrated as a defender. He's a great help defender. Uh, Devin Booker, you know that he usually isn't on an island out there, but he's also not known to be anything stout. But the rest of the guys that they added, they added a lot of depth to this team. What's Yusuf Nurkic going to look like out there now as their main big man? So defensively is what I want to see how this team holds up. So I'm going to go with the Suns, but I think like to these guys' points, it's going to be a close game, and I think it's going to be a bit of an ugly game. Spencer? I got the Suns by, by, I'm going to say, at least double digits. And we also, no one's mentioned yet that Draymond's also out. That's also a big, big key. Oh, is he? Why I'm picking the Suns, yeah. I didn't know he was out. Oh. Well, I guess I'll go against the grain. I'm going with the Warriors. Why? I have no idea why. I think... Just say say Steph Curry. That's enough of a reason. Just say Steph. I would have if he didn't use one of his three finishing maneuvers in preseason to end the game. (laughs) He only got three of those a season. He already used one of them up, so I'm a little worried about that. No, I don't know. I think the the reasons to be concerned about the Warriors are valid, and I think that we will see a lot of growing pains with Steph Curry and Chris Paul, but it also could be a beautiful relationship. We don't know, really, until the two step on the floor for more than two games, and we can really find out what that core is. The Suns are very intriguing. We know this, but I will not put any thought into them until Bradley Beal is also on that court. Because he is the one that is going to be one of the biggest X factors on that Suns team. And until the big three plays together, I'm not going to put any stock into them. I do think it'll be a good chance for a lot of depth pieces to come in and show what they are, show who they are, and play their ass off. And we can see what that team looks like defensively, as you were saying, Zulfi. But I just want to see the Warriors win tonight. I'm on the Warriors tonight. They could easily. They're at home, too. They could bite me in the ass. But I'm going to pick the Warriors. Another game. The other one, the second half of tonight's tip-off, the fake relationship, the fake feud, rather, between the Lakers and the Nuggets as the Denver Nuggets hoist their banner into the rafters forever. Nikola Jokic playing. Uh, Did you you guys see the commercial of him saying that he likes basketball? Do you see that he had to come out and put out an ad about that now just so everyone can shut up about him saying? I like that he's playing with it, like uh, playing along. That always makes it so much better when they kind of take the joke and they uh, take part in it you know it's lighthearted, and again it's 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 him just poking fun at the fact that the guy's the one of the best if not the best basketball player in the world and people are questioning how much he likes basketball which is hilarious when you put it that way personality in the nba you gotta love it what's going on with this game tonight who we got winning dan i'm coming to you first what's going to be happening in this lakers nuggets game um 
My prediction is the Nuggets uh, beat the Lakers in a blowout win. <laughs> the star of the game is Jokic, and my most fun player to watch is Aaron Gordon. It's short, sweet, and to the point. Nothing else to say other than that. Yeah, eh? I had that, had that written down. No, I don't think it's a competition. The Nuggets are just clearly a better team, and I just... That's like you said, I think this is like a fake feud that um, has been really forced because the Nuggets are just so clearly better in every way. So, I don't know. I feel like there's not much to say because for that exact reason. It's just they're just better. That's it, man. They're just better. Zolfi, you on the Nuggets too? No, I'm actually on the Lakers. Oh. I think we're all talking about this feud being like one-sided, and I think rightfully so it is. And that is why the Lakers are going to try, like, it's Game 7 of the NBA Finals. The Nuggets just aren't. The Nuggets, like, Jokic is known for starting season slow. That has just been historically a thing with Jokic. Obviously, you have Jamal Murray and MPJ, who have dealt with injuries throughout their career. They're going to start things off slow. They're not going to go 110% right away. The Lakers, on the other hand, they care about every single little thing, it seems like, especially cosmetically. So they're going to come out. They're going to want to prove themselves in this beef after getting swept by the Nuggets. You have people in the media asking LeBron what he thinks about the Nuggets talking smack about them throughout the offseason and LeBron is saying and I'm paraphrasing something along the lines of like the time the right time will come or like wait and watch or something like that like dude like really they won the championship and they swept you they're allowed to talk some smack for the love of God LeBron like it ain't that deep but clearly LeBron and AD and this team care we already know AD's made comments about what they're gonna try to get back at the Nuggets so I think game one they're gonna come at this with all the intensity in the world and Jokic in very Jokic fashion is going to be like, look, I'm going to come out here and we'll play a basketball game. I'm going to try to get in shape. That's what game one is for the uh, Nuggets and Jokic normally. So I think it's going to be the same thing. They're going to enjoy their celebration. I don't have the stats on top of my head, but I think for the most part, teams, the, the, the day they unveil their banner and get a ring, don't usually win uh, because they're obviously very distracted. They have lots of friends and family and things going on. So it's not usually the easiest win to get, especially to start a season. But I just think the Lakers are going to care about this way more than the Nuggets are. And that's why they're going to come out a lot harder in this game. I think uh, I'll make a prediction about a really good player. I'll say Anthony Davis. I think he's going to come out because clearly he cares so much about this matchup. He's going to have a really good game. But, yeah, I just don't think the Nuggets care as much as the Lakers do. Okay. Spencer, who you got? I also think Anthony Davis will have a big game, but... I think the Nuggets are going to win, but I think it's going to be very close. I think the spread's five and a half. I think it falls actually somewhere right in there. I think it's going to be a really close game. Um, just a hard city to travel to for your first game of the year. Uh, Their better players are also a bit older, so I'm taking that into account. But I do think the Lakers are coming out and try really hard, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if they win. Yeah. Are we concerned a little bit about some of the depth pieces in preseason with the Lakers? Because two of their biggest gets, apparently, steel-wise from a lot of Lakers fans, would be Cam Reddish and Christian Wood. The two that have led like the worst plus-minus percentage all preseason looked horrible the entire time. And I thought that Christian Wood would have been a decent signing. So far, it's not looking great. Yeah, um, you guys know how I feel about Christian Wood. I think I've made it pretty clear that, um, you know, I respect his game, but I respect his game on a tanking team. All due respect. Um, I I don't think that um, he's a, like a, a winning player. Um, and I think every team he's gone to has had these expectations that he's going to be like game-changing or this or that, and it's always been disappointment. 
Um, I'm being really harsh towards the guy. I'm sure he's a nice dude. Sorry, Christian Wood. Um, <laughs> but, like, I don't know. That's I just I don't see him as a winning player. I never once thought that he was going to be, like, a big impact on this team. And, like, w- would he be playing center? Is he Or is he coming off the bench? He'd be coming off the bench. Who's playing center for them? It's not AD, is it? Is it Thomas Bryant? It's a good question. AD, probably. Yeah. Jackson Hayes, maybe. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah. Hayes, it would probably be Jackson Hayes. I mean, it could be Christian Wood, but I think the big thing with Wood is like, uh, I, I'm with you, Dan, that he's obviously been a just a high usage player on bad teams, and that's where he's looked quote unquote good. But it's also the, for the money the Lakers paid for him, the expectations are super low too, right? Like they're not gonna expect him yeah. to come in as a game changer, so I don't really think he's gonna need to play that role so much. So I think for him, it's just come in, develop a role. I, again, I don't put much stock in the preseason. Guys like him and uh, Cam Reddish not playing well. This team is obviously going to be very top-heavy, and that's that's not a surprise. You're going to rely on AD, LeBron. We'll see what Austin Reeves can be. He's obviously has people have lost stock in him. They brought in Gabe Vincent. D'Lo was re-signed. So let's see what those guys have to offer. I didn't even mention Roy Hachimura. So you know who the core guys on this team are. And that, in fairness, was good enough to get them to the conference finals last season. I think they're still going to be a really good team. They're still going to be top-heavy. And as long as you have LeBron and AD, that's what matters more than anything as far as I see it. So I don't think I need to be too concerned about how Christian Wood has looked throughout. I, and again, for the money, they're not going to expect him to come in and be that guy anyways. Normally, the starting lineup is Vanderbilt yeah. starting and then AD at the center. But it says Vanderbilt's out. I don't know if that's true or not. So we could see some yeah, movement yeah. and change up front there. So I, I don't think we know who's just going to be starting at center. I would assume it's AD, though, right? Yeah, because they probably put um, Rui at the four. So. Yeah. Uh, no, I agree with your uh, points there, Zolfi. I actually had a question for you guys because I've been seeing it on the uh, interwebs, this debate. Uh, is Gabe Vincent a product of Miami Heat system, or is he just genuinely a good player? What do you guys think before going into the season? I think we gotta wait to and see, tell. right? I think we just gotta wait and see what he looks like outside question, the system. But... Yeah, I don't. I don't think he's a product of the Heat system. There's un- underrated, underdrafted players that come in and look good all the time. Like I don't really understand why it would just be a product of the Heat system. I think he's a good shooter. We know what he is. He's not a very good defender, but he's a very good shot creator. And why not? Why not have that as like a good, solid piece of being a player? Like. I don't think it's anything more than that. I also yeah, think I it's hard. You. I think it's hard to tell when all we've known him is in the Heat system. Yeah, like you haven't really seen him outside of it, so it's hard to like know. If you're asking for a prediction, I think I'm with Jake more so that I don't think he's necessarily just a complete product of the Heat system. But the thing is, too, is like we have to take into account the Heat system isn't like they've created this generationally different offense and plug and play players. It's development. They develop players to be really good NBA caliber like performers. So if that's the case, then Gabe Vincent should be able to go anywhere and still be that guy because they developed him into that person with those skills. If it's not the actual offense that's being run, it's more so just the player development side, which I think we can mostly agree it is. They just develop guys to be good quality players. Then I think that translates wherever you go. So I think it should be fine for Gabe Vincent as well. Love that. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I think it's a silly question to begin with, but I've seen a lot of talk on, on Twitter about it, and I just 
I don't understand where it comes from. I think I think maybe they like the heat culture, quote unquote, like stuff, maybe. But uh, uh, it's just odd. It's odd to me. Yeah, I think circling back around on this because I don't have too. I don't think we have too too much more to say about this game. I do think the Nuggets are going to win for all the reasons that Dan really said. I know that the Lakers have a chip on the shoulder for some reason. I don't really buy it. I don't think it's going to really matter. I think the Nuggets are just going to come out and play well, and that's all that's going to happen with this game. I think it is the more exciting game of the two, and I think that we will see that as we realize that we haven't seen the full Suns team yet and the Warriors are working out their kinks. So I think this is the game that's like going to be the most like NBA-ready game, it feels like, and that's all that really matters. I think the Nuggets are going to win that. I think we're good to move on from today's matchups and move to a matchup tomorrow that I think we're all more excited to talk about in the Raptors and the Timberwolves. The Raptors preseason champions 4-0 and looking hella good out there in that new Darko Ryakovich system. They opened up their season, weirdly enough, against the Minnesota Timberwolves. When was the last time like this has like, been the most random matchup you could think of starting the season? Timberwolves? <laughs> Yeah, I, they do this, like... Isn't it always random? Well, so, th- they had this weird stretch where they would just always start against Eastern Conference opponents. Like, yeah. I think there's two years in a row they played the Cavs. But then they had this, I think it was post-championship, they started against the Pelicans, and then Zion didn't play. And then... They had the Wizards in there, too. another Western Conference team. Yeah, they had the Wizards at one point, which is a terrible opening game for the Raptors. They just looked so bad in that game. Yeah. So it's usually Western Conference opponents, if I'm not wrong. I mean, sorry, Eastern Conference opponents, if I'm not wrong. But yeah, they randomly sprinkle in a West team here or there. So. Sorry, didn't they play the Pelicans last year, too, in the first game of the year? I swear they've done it no. twice now. It's the Cavs. Oh, last year was Cavs. Right. Last I know year Pelicans, Cavs. Pelicans the year after we won the championship. And then... Yeah, for um, sure. And then Cavs after Scotty won Rookie of the Year because the Mobley Scotty matchup. I don't remember what the other one was. Wizards was the year after the pandemic because it was their Wee Back game. <laughs> and then they got destroyed and it was not fun vibes that whole game. Yeah, that was not good. Yeah. I don't remember the COVID one because I think everyone's blocked that entire year out of their memory. Yeah, we're just going to forget about that one. It wasn't in Toronto, so it yeah, doesn't matter. About- Anyways. Yeah. Let's get into this game because there's a lot to talk about with this Raptors team. What are our expectations, not just for this game, but for this week? Because the Raptors have been dealt a pretty hard schedule to start the season. They open up against the Timberwolves, then the Bulls, 76ers, then they have a nice little break with the Trailblazers, sorry, Scoot Henderson. Then they got the Bucks, 76ers, Spurs, Mavs, Celtics. Oh my God, it is quite the stretch of games to start a season. Zolfi, I'll start with you. What are your expectations for Toronto now that we've seen a little bit more of this team? Whatever you were doing in the preseason, just keep it up. Like the and that the thing is the thing that they've been doing in the preseason is no, like little to low expectations in terms of wins. It's been about playing the game the right way, playing it the way Darko wants. And I know we like kind of harped on this whole thing about vibes and being positive but you legitimately like with your eyeballs see it out there yeah you see the players and how happy they look there's an interaction from their last game where like there's a timeout or a stoppage in play and like chris boucher walks up to darko and darko like puts his hands on chris boucher and smiles like he's an actual child so my like, son moment. I, I don't think it's hyperbole for me to say that that's just nick nurse never did that in his entire time and no. not that he has to but it's just it's a very different situation 
situation in terms of like what's happening. And to go back to the Chris Boucher thing, he was on the Raptor show with Will Lou, and they asked him about like how like what was it like having your being publicly called out by your coach all the time. And his response was like, you kind of just get used to it. So like that's all. Yet so clearly it was something that they weren't really happy about. They just were like, it is what it is. So. It's something going to be totally different for them now. They're going to have coaches who are praising them. You have Darko talking about he thinks Scotty can win uh, a Defensive Player of the Year one day. He's talking about Pascal being one of the best guys in the game. Just keep that up. The wins and losses will go how they need to go. It's a tough schedule, like we said, to start off. I'd be happy if they went like even 5-5 five and five through the first 10 games, as long as the team is looking like it's doing the right things. No one's expecting them to win a chip. Just keep it up. And keep moving the ball like how you have this preseason. And then the wins are eventually going to go there. We talked about it. Dark was a development coach. So develop over this season and see where it leads you. The only other thing I have is game one against the Timberwolves. All I'm asking from you, Toronto. Do not let Anthony Edwards have a poster dunk on this team again. He already basically crucified and buried Utah Watanabe when he was here. It was such a moment that's just never going to be lost. And you're going to see it again and again and again. We don't need that. In the in probably in the preview to this game, you're gonna see highlights of Anthony Edwards doing that. I just don't want it to happen again, Toronto. Please just don't let that happen to us one more time. So that's all I ask. It couldn't have happened to a more pure player, also. Poor you. Yeah, man. Daniel, I know you're super excited for this game. Uh yeah, first off I wanted to shout out two players, uh Rap- Raptors legend Yuto Watanabe, uh on the Phoenix Suns now. Uh, I forgot to mention that I did have him as my most fun player to watch. Um in the opening game over Kevin Durant, just because he's that much of a Raptors legend. Uh, and then secondly, I also wanted to shout out Jaden McDaniels who got the bag. Yeah. Um, he's not going to be playing in the home opener. It was announced. Um, but that guy, I think deserves a lot of respect. Um, his brother is on the team art on the Raptors team. Uh, but Jaden McDaniels is, I think one of the best perimeter defenders in the league and his offensive game just, just develops more and more uh every year uh like that's such an exciting player um i was originally going to say that we definitely need to like find ways to get around him but he's not playing in our home opener so it doesn't really matter anymore um in terms of like this just raptors in general like yeah i I think zolfi said it best like the vibes are just so it just sounds so silly and cliche but like the vibes are so important like and you can you see it like I don't care about the stats. Just just give me a team that gets what is over 500 and all the guys like each other and they're all friends and there's no clear uh, tension on the court or in the locker room or in interviews that people, like if we read between the lines, we saw a lot last season. Um, we can't confirm anything, obviously, but I don't think we're going to see that this season. Um, and it's just like, that's all I'm asking for this season. You know, you've brought in guys like Dennis Schroeder, who's like, for Schroeder, I'm still, am I butchering that? Schroeder. Which one is it again? Schroeder. Okay, I had it right. Okay. Uh, yeah, like Dennis Schroeder, just a good vibes guy, but he's also a serious player. And uh, actually going back to the Raptors show, William Liu interviewed the Germany uh, head coach, and he just had like the highest praise for Schroeder, Schroeder that like there were moments where like he'll have his fun, but then, like, he also won't take disrespect. Like, you know, Pat Bev was, like, recently comments, like, oh, there's no dogs on the team. Actually, Schroeder's a dog. That that guy does not mess around. If you mess with him, he will go right right at you. What a dumb uh, comment. What what was that? That's just stupid. And also, like, Pascal cooked him, like, last year. Like, no problem. I don't know, like, 
you should be scared seeing him because he's cooked you every time he's matched up against him. Anyways, um, but yeah, those are like the main things that I think is like I love the addition of Dennis Schroeder. Do I think he's a better player than actually? This is a comment by Chris Walder. I saw that I really agree with. Like, do I think Dennis Schroeder is a better player than Fred VanVleet in a vacuum? No. Do I think he's a better fit on this team? I do think he's going to be a better fit on this team. Um, but those are just the main things that like I'm looking for into this season. It's just like good vibes. Schroeder's a great addition. I think Scotty's taking a jump. Pascal's still playing at all NBA level. Um, OG still one of the best defenders in the league. I think there's a lot. And we also have a rock solid defender now in Yaka Pertle, who I think is a very underrated rim protector now. Uh, great in the PNR. There's just I think there's a lot to look forward to in this season. I feel like I've covered almost everything. Sorry if I took some uh, notes away from you guys. You guys pretty much left me nothing to say, so I'm gonna say a few things here. First of all, Patrick Salty. Beverly. Just got he's got too much mic time, all right? Good guy, says some good things, but he's just too too much too much mic time, man. No, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. It could not have happened to a more irrelevant player than Patrick Beverly. Why are you saying that? This guy is the guy who cried during a preseason game. You're saying that Toronto has no dogs and you cried when you won a preseason game? Get a check on yourself. Stop. You mean playing? Or is it preseason? Is it playing game? Playing game. Playing game, yeah. Yeah, you mean playing game? Like, grow up. Also, yeah, <laughs> also the comment. a podcast, man. I, hey, yeah, literally. it's like when I said I could play Michael Porter Jr. on defense. I got a podcast. I'm just hiding behind the mic. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> hey, look, I, I, I'll play devil's advocate for fun. I looked it up. He does have a 9-6 and six record versus the Raptors. He's beat them more than he's lost. So, I think that's why. But it, he's also only averaged seven points a game. So... I wouldn't talk if I'm Patrick Beverly, but you know who he is and you know what he's going to say. I look at it as if it's motivation for the Raptors to come out and beat him and kind of add another loss to that record, then, hey, I'll take it. No, the part that, that really confused me, though, when he said, like, oh, gee, and Siakam, you wouldn't be scared if you saw him in an alley. Like, these are like 10 millionaires. Like, that's what they work their whole life not to be that person that you walk down an alleyway and be scared of. Like, what, what the hell? Anyways. Yeah, Patrick um, Beverly, your kids probably have a trust fund. You're not a scary guy either. You're all multimillionaires now for a reason, so you can live lives of multimillionaires. Like, I hate the whole fake hood talk. Like, let's please yeah, stop. It's so dumb. But um, also, now to go on a more positive note, I got to shout out Scotty Barnes for always. Absolutely. Every time a player's like rumored to leave, he always just goes on like a media tour for them. So he's a, he's a true Toronto man. It was first it was OG last year, and then now he said now he's Siakam's all suddenly his favorite player. Which is which is awesome. Uh, so big, really excited for Scotty and and Siak. I'm actually really excited for Siakam without Fred, because like to go back to what Dan said, like I think Schroeder's just a better fit to play with a player like Siakam. And I think Siakam could have like a career year this year and like average closer to 30 points per game. I could just be a biased Raptors fan, but I think that like somewhere like towards 27, 28 points could is very realistic for Siakam. Not- I wanted to ask you guys this too. Uh, I've seen this on Twitter where, like, there's two sides to this. Obviously, you have OG and you have Pascal who are impending free agents. But you also have restricted free agents and Malachi Flynn, who's probably going to have a bigger role this year, and Precious Achua, who we know is going to have a bigger role hopefully this year. And then you add guys like Thad and Otto into the mix who are going to be free agents. And you don't know what their role is going to be. They're still vets on this team, what's going to happen. But, like, you have a lot of free agents coming out of this season. 
Are you on the side where it's like a bit of a crisis slash front office mishap by Masai and Bobby? Or are you on the side where like, let's not overreact here because really Pascal and OG are the only ones we're concerned about. The rest are like, whatever. What do you guys think, Jake? Yeah, I hate that narrative because we know that this is a year where it's kind of just a prove it, like play and prove it and see what happens. We know that. We knew this when they hired Darko Ryakovich. We, I, this is what it's going to be. You have the two players that can earn themselves into playing into a massive contract. Masai Ujiri has even said he wants to see these players play in a system where there's no selfishness. And I do too. And Regardless, we know the talents of Scott of Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi. We know how good they are at basketball players. I'm not concerned anymore. I just want to see what happens when they all go out and play, and if they play bad, if it doesn't work, if it, whatever, then they blow it up and they move on and they start rebuilding. However, if they play well, and we know that these players want to be here, OG maybe, well, we don't really fully know, but we know Pascal wants to be here. We know that there will be contract conversations eventually if he plays well in what they're looking for in this system. I'm not worried. Malachi Flynn and Precious Achua, are we concerned about them? No. Precious, you could say maybe he's an RFA though, so they really don't have much of a concern with him. I'm just, I want to see what they look like in a system that is passing the ball consistently and letting their players flourish that way. And only then we can talk about them with their contracts. Um, I, I agree with most of it except Pascal. I think not signing Pascal is a, is a mistake. Um, I think it's, it's actually, you said it. He, we know what Pascal is. He's proven that he is a max player. And if you wanted to trade him, you know, he has significantly more value if you sign him to a four-year deal. And all the reports are that he wants to be here and that he's willing to sign now. Um, if he's willing to sign now, that means that you can probably get him for less than the super max. You can just get him for the regular max. If that's what it's called, I, I don't know, like, the levels. I just know whatever. Anyways, it would not be for the super max. So I, I don't understand why you wouldn't sign him right now or before the season started. I think... It leaves a weird shadow over the team, knowing that your best player and someone who very clearly wants to be here and maybe the only thing of this year that could potentially create bad vibes be based off what we saw on media day, and maybe a little bit of that was blown, blown out of proportion. But just the, the whole contract talks with Siakam, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm disappointed in that one. I think he should have been signed like a month ago. Uh, the rest of them... Yeah, like it's not really big worries. I just don't want to lose anyone for free. You know, that that would be a, a, a bad asset management in my opinion. But I agree with everything else you said. I just, Pascal, I think needed to be signed that one. I just can't get past. It's not to say that it can't happen, by the way. Like yeah. the extension can still still be done. But I do see your point, Dan, that like if you say you get off to like a terrible start, it's like you're 5-20 and 20 and you're ready to blow it up. Well, then... Having had Pascal on an extension and then trading him would have gotten you way more like uh, back in value than you would have otherwise. So I'm curious to see. I do think that like there are two sides to this coin right now, and this this fan base is getting divided in two sides. Because depending on how this turns out, if you're able to bring back an OG or uh, and a Pascal, then okay, then there was nothing to worry about. But if it goes the other way, where then you lose OG and then Pascal for free, and then you have like 
Malachi, I'm not so worried about, but Precious, he's going to have high value in the market. And the Raptors are going to decide, are we going to match that price tag? And you don't know what Precious is going to be. Is he worth that price tag or not? And then what's going to happen there? So this can go from a whole lot of nothing to a major like fire sale at some point that's going to not look so great for this front office. So I'm curious to see where it but goes. I, I think that's kind of the question. I don't think this fire sale is going to even happen. Do we all expect that to happen this season? I don't. We've talked about this in length recently, Zolfi. This team is going to come out and surprise so many people. This team is going to come out and be better than what their records are. Vegas has them at 37 wins. They're going to be better than that. They are going to be a better team this year because of the vibes. I don't expect that fire sale to even become close to happening. I think it's I think it's closer it than you're happen. saying though. Like, I, I if you're, like, are we expecting them to be better than 37 wins? Yes, but like you have one or two injuries and this team can completely fall. Because like the thing too is is like Darko Rakovich, like we said, he's brought in to develop a team. What does a developing coach need the most? Stability. Your top two guys not being signed long term is not stability. Every other core player after that being super super young are not technically signed to long term deal is not stability either. What's he supposed to develop then? Like, you need to have something there for him to know that I can work with this. Other than Scotty Barnes, you really don't have that right now. And I think that's the thing. Like, if there's if there's up and down with this team, then they might just decide, screw it, we need to scrap it. If Pascal comes out and has a couple bad games and the media starts asking him, is it because of your contract and whatnot, that's going to piss him off more. That's going to piss the fans off more. And this could go south really fast. You saw what happened with Vince Carter, like, not to age ourselves, like, back in the day, like, how he came out and what his attitude was with the Toronto Raptors at the time. Very, very different situation. But, like... The way a player feels and the way a fan base feels can affect things really fast. So I, I'm with you that I don't expect it to happen, but I think it's like 60-40, and it's not like 80-20 right now. The Raptors have beat the total, the Vegas total, every, uh, nine of the last ten years. The only year they haven't was the Tampa year. So I just I just wanted to add that. <laughs> yeah, like don't get like, the over as well. Year, right? Yeah, I picked the over as well. I just yeah, I, I it's always a good bet to take the over on the Raptors, always. I just no love from Vegas. There's too much negativity with all that, and I just for a season last year that was filled with negativity. I don't want that to be the sole focus going into the season. I would rather let these guys go out, ball prove themselves, and earn their contracts. It is what it is. I know is. that's what you want, but that we don't know if that's what Pascal yeah, that, and OG want. Yeah, that's the that's exactly what I'm I'm getting at. Is like. That could lead to the negativity of just knowing that if Pascal is an all NBA level player, he knows his value. He knows how good he is. And go, like going into the season, I know he can still get signed, but going into the season, not sign, signed to an extension, I think is a murky area that I don't think any front office would want to be in. It just leaves, it leaves, an, like, what's the word? A situation that you don't want to be in could potentially happen if you locked him up there's no chance of that happening but if you didn't lock him up what we were talking about yeah okay they're probably gonna do better this year but if they don't now you're now you're this opportunity could happen where like everything goes to shit but if you lock him up that doesn't happen i think, you know I, think the pro- I think the problem is is when he's not locked up to your point dan there's more questions than answers because then he's not locked exactly. up, you're that's asking a, yourself, you know what I mean? Like, when he's not locked up, it becomes, like, is it because of Pascal not wanting to be here? But all the reports says he does. Yeah. So then why isn't Toronto wanting to resign him right away? Jake's uh, point is that maybe it's because Masai says, hey, last year everyone was selfish. We want Pascal to prove it. But prove what exactly that he can 
still be an all-NBA guy, but I think we all know that. If it's can prove that he can be a player in this system and kind of move the ball and follow Dark Ryakovich's model, sure, but then, like, I would not be surprised if Pascal Siakam's like, I'm Pascal Siakam, I'm all-NBA player, why do I have to prove anything after I've done that year and year and I've shown that I can grow into who I am? So, like, where there's, there's got to be a question somewhere of why this hasn't happened, because like you said, Dan, the proper asset management move is to sign a guy to an extension, get some stability, even if it's just for asset management's sake. So if it's not happening, then you're going to have questions. And like I said, we all hope and expect the Raptors to play better. But a couple losing streaks or a couple games down, these questions are going to come up. That's just how it works. Yeah. And then when those questions come up, how is this team going to react? We're all hoping, and I think, Jake, you're hoping that Darko and this new vibe and this culture is going to be able to deal with those questions in the proper way. And let's hope they do. But if they don't, things might go south really fast. So the whole point is that we just have to wait and see. It's, yeah, it's night one. The... It's night one. Let's just have vibes, guys. Let's just have the excitement. Well, it, it's, not, it's not like we're not like shitting on the team. Like it, it's going to be a fun season for sure. Yeah. But we're not. We're not like, hoping for anything yeah. bad to happen. Yeah, we're not we just, hoping for it. There's just the reality just that, of their situation. Yeah, like it's just like doing this. It gives you security, you know, and. uh I think the only reason that they might not have signed is if they want to trade him early on in the season. Because if you do sign an extension, how, how many months do you have to wait? I think it's like six months or three months I think or something it's four, like that. Three or four. Or four yeah, months. New so you'll have to wait. That's the only reason that I could see them not sign is that they, oh, they want to trade Pascal like right now. That's I, Other than that, I, I don't see any reason why you wouldn't sign him. So th- that's just how I see it. Well, whatever. <laughs> guys are entitled to your own opinion i guess i just i don't care i I honestly like i don't really i understand i get the frustration you got fred van viet that left you have all these other people that have left that you could that would happen and they go for free i just want to see how the season plays out man i i bought into the system four games in i don't care call me a homer call me a loser four games in pascal siakam is bought into the system everyone is clearly bought into the system and that is not hard for veteran players, or that is not hard. That is hard for veteran players to come in there and to buy into a brand new system. And he's done it. And I think that it will be beneficial to this team. It'll be beneficial to him. He can earn a better contract. And I just don't see it happening. Call me Homer. Call so me would, stupid. Call me. Would you, would you pay? Would you pay Pascal the supermax? I I don't get paid nearly enough to make those decisions because I don't get paid at all. That's all up to whatever Masai and Bobby decide to do. And I. I I would. I love Siakam. I think Siakam's a one-on-one player in the NBA, and a lot of people respect him. I love Siakam, too. I don't know if I give him the Supermax. But this is, the way, that the, su- this is the way that the league I, is going. You give Jalen Brown the Supermax, why can't you give Pascal Siakam the Supermax? Yeah, I, I think I'm with Jake on this one just because of the fact that we have to keep in mind who the Raptors are. Let's not let the, the Kawhi trade and the, their recent history cloud the fact that this team just doesn't get talent like that often enough if you have to pay a bit extra pay the man what he's worth because you're not going to get talent like that outside i saw a thread today from samson folk in raptors republic saying that dennis Schroeder might be in contention for the best free agent pickup in raptors history based on how the season goes the free agents the raptors pick up include names like bismack biombo damari carroll like anthony parker back in the day those are some of the top free agent signings like 
And Turgaloo, massive overpay. We thought he was going to be great, and look what happened. Like, this team just doesn't get the type of talent that Pascal is, especially homegrown and developed like that. Do I think the number, like, optically is going to look nice? No. Do I think if the Raptors want any semblance of competitiveness and respectability, they need to do it? But again, do they want that? We think they do, based on the decisions they've made. But if they decide to blow it up, then obviously that's a different conversation. But if they're if their goal is to be competitive, you sign Pascal to you give him a blank check. Quite honestly, you're just not going to get another All NBA player like that to just want to come to Toronto. Because if Pascal leaves and you're trying to replace him, like who's going like realistically, which other free agent of that caliber, All NBA talent, is going to be like, let me go to Toronto to play with Scotty Barnes and just about nothing else. Yeah, I agree with both your points. Like those are solid points and also like yeah Jalen Brown getting supermax that makes sense I think I'm more just uh commenting on the fact that on the fact on the speculation that Pascal is willing to just sign the regular max right now if you sign him before the season if you read between the lines so if you could do that why wouldn't you but I I, I get totally get what you guys are saying absolutely Ben Simmons got a supermax so I'm cool with it <laughs> a man I of, think that's the I'm best way to make it right now <laughs> He's making thirty-seven million next year, but he signed his contract. I think it's his last year. I yeah, think. it's his last year. Hey, uh, okay. Don't count out Ben Simmons. He could have a comeback this year. It's possible. Your contract is supposed to get paid again, man. I'm with Jake. Just in time. I think you'll have a great season too because he wants to get paid. You know, that's why that's why he's a ball player. What's, what yeah. is a great season for Ben Simmons, though? Like, what do we say is a great season? All star. Like another uh, an eight and six. You think he's going to get back to an all star? He needs to. Yes. I think he does. Does he need to? For his confidence like, and for everyone else, yes, please. <laughs> I think for him just to earn another NBA contract, and as ridiculous as that sounds, that's enough for him to like get mentally back. Like I he needs to just have a Markel Fultz type of trajectory. Just under the radar, do your thing and become a respectable NBA player in my opinion. Like obviously he's never he might not be that level, like you're saying, Jake, but I don't think he necessarily needs to. But, but what better place to yeah. do that than in Brooklyn? Yeah, like, again, he has a situation for it. That's a different conversation. Like, definitely the, the situation is right for him to do it. I would just honestly love to see him become, like, one of the elite defenders in the NBA again. I had him considered, like, the best, if not, like, top two best defenders in the NBA at some point, especially perimeter defenders. And, like, the fact that he's lost that with his offensive touch has been, like, a bit, like, surprising to me. So if he can get back, that, that part of the ball back, I'd be happy with it, to be honest. The 10, 8, and 6 yeah. comment, Spencer, that's insane. <laughs> I honestly think that's what he's going to... I think I agree with Zolfi. I don't think he'll be an all-star, but I think he'll be super valuable. And I think that's what all he needs to be. Okay. 10, 8, and 6 guy? I'll, I'll take that on my team. Solid. A couple steals, maybe a block. And, and, like, and, and adding the best perimeter... One of the best perimeter defenders in the league on top of that 10, 8, and 6. I'll take that. You almost said best. You almost didn't add one of. You almost said just... Yeah, that's, that's, my, third, that's my third time doing that this podcast <laughs> alone. Just saying, oh, they're the best at this. They're the best. Okay. Dan just is—he's he's a hyperbolic guy. Dan just like saying everyone's the best. That's who I am. That's who Ben I am. Simmons I'm will be an athletic Draymond Green. That's what he'll be. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's that's, that's a pretty solid player. It's a great player. One last thing before we wrap up with the Raptors. Haha. <laughs> uh, Scotty Barnes. We talked about Spencer a little bit about oh how he's stuck up for his teammates. This that. Not just that. He looks like a completely different beast right now. His in, his stats from preseason last year to this year exponentially grown, and it's not by, like, a little bit. It's by, like, a lot in every single stat. Points, assists, rebounds, efficiency. We heard that Scotty Barnes said he wanted to take the next leap. 
Darko Ryakovich said he wants Scotty Barnes to have the ball in his hand and they want to use him more. Is this the year that Scotty finally puts it all together and becomes the next guy for the Toronto Raptors? I don't know how many preseason games you guys watch, but that um, little catch and shoot three he's got going on that left side elbow is totally money it's now. Money. So, um, yep. I, I'm expecting really big things from him. I think probably all of us are, so I won't, I'll save some points for you guys, but I'm just going to say right now, I think he's got a chance to win most improved player. Yep. And well, the odds reflect that, so I don't know why. He's like the fifth favorite, fifth highest favorite, so. But yeah, I think he can get up over 20 points a game. You know, there's a lot more touches now. Um, If he's a second option, there's no reason he can't score at least 21 a game, I would say, and why not get most improved player, get even better than that. I don't even think he's a second option. I think he's 1B. Yeah, sure. That works for me. Don't make that face. I, I, I wouldn't agree. I'm, I'm uh, with Zolfi's face, kind of. I wouldn't agree, but... They're both close. taking the same amount of shots right now. I mean, we're talking about signing Pascal to the Supermax right now and Scotty going into his third year. I don't think... you know. Yeah! But I, if he continues I, to progress the way that he looks like he has, why not? Why can't it be? He has the tools for it, but like... He's coming like he had a rookie of the year season. He had a quote unquote down year last year, which technically his numbers did regress a little bit. I think to go from that to ask the guy to then be a 20 point per game scorer and then okay, I'm not saying 20 point like well, Spencer has mentioned that he could see a world where he's scoring like around 20 points a game. And then being a one, well, if he's a one B, then wouldn't he have to be like a 20 some point per game scorer because Pascal's averaging like 24 or whatever it was. So I think be 20, I, 24, 25 to be one B. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I think Scotty Barnes needs to just develop a role and show that he can be consistent on offense and not get lost. He does. He can't be a guy where they're leaving him open in the corners because he's just sta- standing mm-hmm. there and just breaking them. I just want to see him be a reliable person with the ball in hand, creating not just for himself for others. They just takes incremental steps forward. I don't know. Like I keep, I feel like I'm constantly being the guy that's just like reining everything back with the excitement, and I don't want to be that guy. But I think that's the thing with Scott. You're crapping on our parade, Zolfi. You're crapping on my parade. Yeah, I'm sorry, but the thing is, this Raptors team is like, there shouldn't. Again, I'm sorry, but I'm gonna put this very bluntly. I don't think there should be a parade right now. This team is in a very limbo space, and we're hoping that the vibes is gonna be enough to lift them out of it, and it very well could be. But you, when that's the case, you need to kind of think about the other side too. So I like the preseason makes me think Scotty is going to be incredible. But I also think the preseason is very different from the regular season. 82 games is very different. And I think it's going to be incremental steps forward. But I'm very excited to see what Darko can do with Scotty. Where's that sad horn noise? Yeah. Uh, I got you, Ray. I'll, I'll get it. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm a realist, uh, man. I'm a realist. What can I say? I'm with Zolfi here. I, uh... Like, I do think Scott is going to have a big season, you know, going into his third year. That's usually when players start to put things together and, like, become more consistent. Uh, it, like Zolfi said, does Scotty have the tools? 100%. We've all seen the games where he is, like, bodying grown-ass men that are pushing 30, and he makes them look like they're, like, 17 years old, like, going into the paint. And, like Spencer mentioned, that... Uh, catch and shoot three that was is looking consistent right now it's preseason but i could see that translating into the regular season no problem um yeah this absolutely could be like a really big season and i, I think it's going to be for scotty i just i don't know uh 
how much I would put, how heavy the expectations I would put on him this season, though, because I don't have high expectations for the team. I think it's going to be a fun team. I think we're going to be a, a team that not a lot of uh, good teams want to face. Uh, but, like, I'm not, I, I don't, yeah, I, I, Jake, I love the Raptors too, man. I love the you Raptors. You guys they're, suck. They're the ones I love with basketball, but uh, I'm just trying to look at it more realistically than I usually do in, in previous years before going into journalism. Um, just that, like, the Raptors. I, I, what is that shot? Period. <laughs> what? You call me not a journalist? Is that what you're saying? No, we're all journalists. Mm. What are you talking about? Mm. Um. It, no, we're just like in a transition period, and I think that there's going to be a lot of growing pains that come with it. But yeah, Scotty going to his third year, there there's definitely going to be more expectation of him. I just don't think one B is where that expectation is going to be. You know, I think the big thing, like Dan, is like like you said, there needs to be a tempering of expectations a little bit because that's where the massive letdown happens. Like post championship, there was this like expectation from this fan base. Obviously, a lot of new fans because the team won a championship. That like it's gonna be like all just up, up, up. But then that's what led to the massive letdown when things didn't go that way. People are calling for Masai and Bobby. People are upset. Blow this team up immediately. Trade Pascal. All this hyperbolic talk because the expectations were seen as so high. So I think that's the big part of it. You need to have a bit of a, a realistic expectation and sense with it for it to be. At least not a, one of those cases again where like Raptors Twitter is just going in a frenzy after. Is is it really that like for Scotty to average twenty per game though? Like he doesn't even need to play better. He just needs to take like two more shots a game or four more shots a game, and then he's sinking too because he shoots pretty much fifty percent. And we lost a guy like in Fred VanVleet that averaged twenty points per game on forty percent shooting. Like there's just. And I think someone he was to take like those top shots. five in the league in like seconds per touch. So there's just so much many touches that are going to be going around. And what I've been seeing in preseason is that he is one B. In some cases, he's had more shots than Siakam during the game. So it's not well, really if, that if unrealistic. If you're talking about the preseason, no duh, he has more shots than Siakam. Siakam's not going to play that much in the preseason. Siakam played second most minutes. What do you mean? Yeah, but he's not. Their ball isn't going through him. Actions aren't being drawn up for him. He's out there, but they're not playing through Siakam. Is my point because they know what he is. The offense isn't going through him in a preseason game. Obviously, it's gonna go through Scotty because they're trying to get him and other guys involved. Malachi Flynn looked like one of the best three-point shooters in the league in the preseason. We know that's not the case. Hey, he won Rookie of the Month. Put some respect on his name. Whoop de do. It also depends what Jake, I guess, classifies as a one B. Because I just think of like. I have really high expectations for Scotty, but I would think of 1B, I think of like Kyrie Irving, Jalen Brown, Anthony Davis, or LeBron, I guess. And then like guys like that who are like can be 1As, but they're just on a team with another 1A. I just don't think Scotty's there yet, but I guess it depends like what your definition of, of 1B is. Put the rocket to his back. Scotty Barnes is making the All Star <laughs> season, All Star this year. Lock it. Lock it. I will gladly bet the other way. I just don't see a world where that happens. He averaged 15 points a game last year. Spencer, to your point, if he makes two or more shots, I just want to know where those shots are going to come from, like in what part. If he, he shot 28% from three. If he can be respectable from three, I can see it happening. But his offensive game inside the arc is practically the same as far as we saw throughout the, this magical preseason that Jake thinks means everything. So I don't really see what, what changes outside of that other than his three-point shooting, which we saw improved. So if he can shoot respectable in an actual NBA environment for a long term, then I can see him getting close to 20. But asking him to jump five points after a quote-unquote down year, I think is a lot to ask for a guy, especially when they're figuring it out with a new coach and a new system. 
Hey, I mean, third year uh, is the year, though. Third year is the year, but yeah, if he jumps five points, that absolutely goes along with him winning uh, MIP as your prediction, Spencer. Because um, that's an insane jump. That's that's a big jump. Five points is a lot. Well, I, I mean, Fred VanVleet did take almost like seventeen shots a game. That's true. We also added Schroeder. He's not going to take up a lot, but uh, I, I know we all know OG wants a lot more reps as well. Um, but of course, Scotty's going to be prioritized. I just I don't think I think twenty points is I, I would say like seventeen points this season is like a good jump that I would expect from him. Maybe eighteen. Um, what else does he have? What about his rebounds and points? Rebounds. Yeah, six, I think he can get that up to like. Yeah. I think he can make. He can get to like seven point five and then assist. 4.8 is already like pretty decent for only second year. If he can get that over five, like that'd be that'd be solid. Um, okay, I, I'm predicting right now. I'm gonna, on the spot. Let's go. 17.5 points, 7.5 rebounds, 5.2 assists, and 33% from three, 48.5% field goal percentage. All star. Just making good. up. Just Wait, making so up numbers. Less shots then. Than last year. What's that? If those are his stats, then you would have to take less shots than last year. Why? Because he's, he's making more threes and more field goals, but his points are only going up, like, not even. Oh, <laughs> Look at the math nerd goodness. over here. Gosh. I mean, have well, that's my point. It's just there's going to be no, more fair. shots that's for Scotty to take. Okay, that's Okay, fair. but that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to make more, though, is my thing. Because he's probably going to get more threes. No, but that's what I mean. That's what I'm just saying. If Dan, if he's if he's taking 33, percent then his his points would have to be more. If his if his percentage stays lower, then sure. Okay, take percentages out. Give me your stat line prediction for Evan Spencer. You start. Just give me a points, rebounds, assists for Scotty. I just want to say, if he doesn't get at least 18 for me personally, I'll actually be disappointed. I don't think he would take enough of a leap. So I'm, but I'm gonna say, um, I'm gonna say 20.3 points per game. And then rebounds, assists, I don't know, seven and five. <laughs> no, seven and four. <laughs> I don't think Gil's assists will go up much. 20.7. I'm going to go with, eh, like six assists per game and then probably like five or something rebounds per game. Do you six think that's assists? good enough for an all-star yeah. game, AJ? Eh, it is when he's shooting yeah, 77%. <laughs> 25 and six? <laughs> 77 percent one of the best efficiencies ever doing that now it's happening you think he's gonna average five rebounds what's yeah, the average right now rebounds gonna go up his last season was 6.6 and his oh. year was 6.5 <laughs> okay so yeah it's like seven point like eight something like that making up numbers ah Pirtle's there full time now i don't think he's gonna get nearly as many rebounds as before dan uh so taking up uh, all the percentages that I made up on the spot with my <laughs> analytical mind. Uh, I'm going to go 17.5 points, 7.6 rebounds, and 5.2 assists. Okay. That feels, I feel very confident in that. I really do. <laughs> well, we'll see what Selfie, happens. what do you got? I'm going 17, 7, and 7. Uh, first of all, the decimals, I think everyone's You're just throwing up random hater. numbers. With that. <laughs> You're such There's a zero hater, man. Add a little bit. Yeah. Okay, please explain why you added the point two or whatever. What is? Where did that all come right, from? All right, all uh, right. Let me look back at the stats. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, I looked at the 4.8, and I was like, that's, like, that's already basically 5. But he's in okay. above. So let me just... Do the other way around, 4.8. What's the other side of 
I think that's very analytical there. Logic yeah. is hard to deny. My head hurts. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 17, 7, and 7. I feel like it's a safe place. I want to see him grow more as a playmaker, moving the ball. I know what he's going to have offensively, and it's going to get better with time. If he's averaging 7 assists at his position and his size, I think that's more of a leap than averaging I... 5 more points, which if he does, I think this is going to be a garbage team. If he jumps to 5 I points would, and I getting as many shots as that, well. I think they're not going to be winning that much. To be fair, like, I would if prefer he more seven... assists as well, personally. I'm okay with that. Sorry, Spencer. Sorry, Spencer. No, Go ahead. I cut yeah, you off I'm okay with if it's you have just seven assists, like I'm that's that is quite a big leap. So I would I would be okay with that, but I can see Jake is not happy. What's going on? He thinks the Raptors are gonna win the championship. I'm all in I'm all in. Fifty five wins. They're going seven and zero in the first two weeks. Lock it. I mean at this point ask Darko to adopt you because clearly I would love that. Dude, seventeen seven to seven, that's a great jump. Like I would be ecstatic if, if Scotty reached that. I think that'd be a great season for him. Can somebody put I the two I... clips together of Jake earlier in the offseason freaking out about the Raptors direction? And then to Jake now getting no, pissed off. And then don't. one preseason one preseason against the Canes Taipans hey. is all it takes for Jake to be like, yo, the Raptors are world beaters. What did okay. Dennis Schroeder say about preseason, like, legit, like, two days ago? Ryakovich said it didn't matter either. Oh, it means, he's, he's, <laughs> he said it means nothing, yeah. Oh. Hey, man. Idol. I'll be there tomorrow, so <laughs> just 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 look out for me going nuts that entire game. Love it. You better throw some t-shirts, man. I I have a problem with some of the some of your coworkers. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I was, getting, I was getting upset, man. I was getting upset. This one guy, I'm sure he's a nice fellow, but he would... Put his hand up, pretending to throw the T-shirt, legit, like for the whole game, and then he would never throw the T-shirt to the crowd. And I was like, "That is crazy behavior. That is actually so mean because you're making these people jump around. Like, do you have like a limited amount of shirts or something? Yeah. Is that why? Yeah. <laughs> they have budget cuts this year. Yeah, legit. Are they like, yeah, we're only giving you two shirts for like the entire game, so you better make it work. No, it's all based off <laughs> sponsors. Like- uh, so how many do you get, like, on average? I think we're not getting into this right now. <laughs> I I'm, I need to have a word yeah. with that guy. I need to speak to him. <laughs> Anyways. The last thing I just want to say on this, like, actual basketball, I do want to say we talked all offseason about how is Scotty Barnes a point guard or not, and then all of a sudden people are talking about they want Scotty Barnes to score, like, five, six points a game more. Like, shouldn't the priority be him as a playmaker and him passing the ball if they wanted him to be a point guard everyone talked about scotty can be a point guard he should be the point guard for this team he's going to be the new guy replacing fred van vliet and all of a sudden we're like okay he's just going to go out there and become a a, a scorer for us that's what i'm saying seven assists man he's gonna if that's a priority and that's what the the narrative was all offseason i think that's where we not need to see him develop the most i don't know what you guys think i would, I would love seven I assists i would be ecstatic yeah, I just want to see a, a sizable leap somewhere. I just don't really see him playing much point guard. But if they do put him in that role and he takes that leap, then I'm I'm okay with it. Yeah, I echo those sentiments. Same as Spencer. Let's move on from the Raptors because we've been talking a long time about the Raptors. Let's put a bow on our Dream Team draft because the final round was finished in our last podcast, our last full podcast. The center draft, Daniel winning the votes. 21 votes. Good job, everyone. More votes this time. Appreciate it. Only took like seven episodes of me hounding you guys to do it. 38% of the votes for Daniel. I finished in second place with 33.3%. In 
for third place, Spencer, 19%, and dead last with 9.5% of the votes, Zulfi. I'm going to start with you because you, oh my God, what a showing by you, Zulfi. I don't even know what, I'm like genuinely speechless. I don't understand, like, you have the MVP of the league. You have the best prospect since LeBron freaking James. And if this was done after the preseason, remember the oh godly preseason that means everything, then everyone would be voting for Wembenyama. And then you have Yaka Pertle, who is a local favorite as a Raptor. I genuinely don't understand. I'm not going to go conspiracy theory on this, but like, I don't have, I don't have an explanation. I, don't, I really don't know why it was like, I don't even want to be first. I just don't know why I didn't get more votes. How many burners do you have? Uh, <laughs> Zero. Yeah, who's got well, who's got burners? <laughs> there you go. See, Spencer's on it. Dan, are you surprised you were first? You guys are using burners. Uh, no, not at all. I expected to win this one. All <laughs> due respect to you guys. Uh, rest in uh, peace. But uh, I I knew I was winning this one. And rest I was very peace. polite on the last podcast. Uh, I, I said that you know it was gonna be a competitive one. <sighs> Come on, bro. I knew it wasn't. But you know what? It was competitive though. Me and you people. came down to the wire. It was within like the last two hours. Someone else voted for you, and that was it. Twitter said Jay couldn't make oh, yeah. any more accounts, so you have to stop and just like wait for the result. <laughs> All right, enough of that guy. He is he's off. I used my oh powers. My I gone. No, don't come Dolby back in here. Don't come back in here. Um. So we Jake figured. Is, uh... Jake is silencing Zolfi. I am. I am silencing We've been shunned him from... Uh, it's this censorship. Yeah, it's censorship. So, why don't um, we finish up the draft? Dan, you finish what you were going to say first. Oh, I was going to say I think it's uh, wild that Zolfi only got 9% of votes. I, I thought he was coming second. Um, So for him to be, like, dead, dead last, and not just, like, dead last, like, dead last, like, not even close. All due respect, Zolfi, that's wild to me. That's wild. I, I thought you had a really good team. So Yeah, I'm kind of shocked. Sabonis, so uh, you know, Jared Allen, and Nick Claxton just came second place a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Also, no Miles Turner. Every time I look at our pictures. Yeah, like, it is Turner? weird. I expect, every time I expect him to be there, I'm like, I can't believe we didn't draft him. Well, he listened to our podcast because you said that he was a top five center. So we know we have one of him as our listeners. So that's nice to hear. That's true. True. Let's finish up our draft because we're not technically done we're gonna put out one more poll which is the best team in general but this is after we reveal our lineups so we decided to put all the players in order and tell them what we want as our lineup for a game a hypothetical game so let's start with the winner daniel since you won the last one we'll start with you um i'm sorry just to clarify like a starting five or like all of my players. Starting five. Starting five and your six Starting man. Five. Okay. Uh, so going in at point guard is Luka. Luka Doncic does not need an introduction. That is Luka Doncic. Going in at sh- shooting guard, Donovan Mitchell. Um, for my small forward, um, I will put I'll put Jimmy Butler. And then power forward, Anthony Davis. And then center, Nikola Jokic. And then my six-man. Ooh, this is a tough one. I did not think about this. Oh, uh, I'll go Tyrese Halliburton because I'm just a big Tyrese Halliburton stan. Um, I feel like that's pretty solid. Yeah. Okay. How did, how did you get AD, Jokic, and Doncic, man? It's a big boy lineup. I don't know. That's what I'm saying, man. That's wild. So your Fantasy team is just straight length. 
Um, there's a lot of length on my team. Yeah, a lot, a lot of, girth. of tall players. Yeah, a lot of girth, a lot of tall players. You know. Anyone else you're considering putting in that lineup instead of your starting five? Uh, I, I was actually debating between Jimmy Butler and Paul George, but um, I think I think it would be very disrespectful to Jimmy Butler's last uh, three to four years to not have him there. Okay, fair enough. I'm going to go with mine next. Yeah. For my starting okay. five, at point guard, the GOAT, sorry Zolfi, the one game you watched of Magic Johnson, Steph Curry. He is my starting point guard. At the two for shooting guard, Anthony Edwards. I decided to pick him over Bradley Beal. I did have Bradley Beal as my first pick in that round. I like that. I'm going to go Anthony Edwards over. I'm banking on a lot of potential here. LeBron James. Making the right call. Well, of course, LeBron James. I'm not not playing him in my starting lineup, even though he's an old man. Zion Williamson as well in the hypothetical lineup. He's a healthy boy. And in this season, like I've talked about before, he's a healthy boy. So I have him at my fourth position. And the center, Jared Allen. I, I want the vibes. I could have put Sabonis on there. I need defense. <laughs> okay. Jared Allen over Sabonis, really? <laughs> I am. That lineup needs some defense. So Jared Allen it has that defense. Wait, 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 wait. No, wait, no. Wait. Don't call Don't it my shake. hypocrisy. Don't call yeah, it my hypocrisy. Yeah. Don't do it. you the one that talked about Don't do it. DeMontis Sabonis being Don't do it. a better defender than we thought. Me and Dan were trying to say how he was not the best, and you said... <laughs> He, he was better than, than we expected, but apparently not good enough to be in your starting lineup. So there's another option I can do here. It says mute. I can do that one as well. Um, shut up, Zulfi. And my sixth man is Darren Fox. There's a lot of different options I could have went for my sixth man. Oh, I was I like thinking that. Bradley Beal or Mikhail Bridges or Trey Young. Darren Fox, though. Okay. he The fact that he's not even in my starting lineup. Come on now. In another world, De'Aaron Fox would be like one of the most generationally like talented six men, wouldn't he? He's just so perfect to be that kind of a player. Speedy guard that can pass, play, make, shoot. Like obviously he's so good that he's a starting point guard, but if he wasn't, six men would be like he would be in the Jamal Crawford, like Lou Williams kind of mold. Absolutely. Spencer, you're up next. What's your lineup? All right, all right. A point guard? Damian Lillard, no shocker there. Shooting guard, though, I'm not going with Jalen Brown. Not going with Zach Levine. I'm actually going with Desmond Bain. Ooh. I, I just think he fits like uh, I think the other two are, are more, you know, are better to be like a, a, a best option on a team. But this is actually like my worst player. So I'm going to go Bain. I think he fits better. You're just rubbing him in my uh, face, aren't you? Yeah, and Jake didn't get him, so he had to go. He had to get Emmanuel quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, small forward, I'm going Jason Tatum. That was my only number one pick, so he's got to be in there. He's going to be scoring the ball for me. Then at uh, power forward, I got Pascal Siakam. And then at center, I got uh, Bam Adebayo, so really no surprises there other than Bane. But my sixth man, this was tough for me, actually, because... It kills me not to go with Jamal Murray, but I just think this guy's a better sixth man, Jalen Brunson. So I'm going with Jalen Brunson, a six-man. Yeah. I think what Zolfi just said, he fits that mold better. A speedy playmaking guard who can shoot and score. Not the best defender, but that's not what you're looking for if you're a six-man. So that's that's what I'm rocking. Not yeah, the best defender the in the league? Or the bench. I guess Zach Levine could have been six-man as well. I thought about that, but screw him. I like, I like Brunson. I like that pick. 
Yeah. I think Spencer's whole draft is just encapsulated by not sexy picks, but just very reliable and consistent. And if you know ball, you know the, the player's value. That's what I was just about to say. Like, if you look at Spencer's drafts, you're just like, this guy knows ball. Like, I respect it. I, I would draft these guys in fantasy. Little... Yeah, Jake would have never picked Desmond Bain there. Guy doesn't know ball at all. <laughs> Zolfi, begrudgingly, <laughs> you're last. Finish us off. Okay. Uh, actually, point guard is the hardest decision for me. I have to pick between Shea, John Morant, and Kyrie Irving. No, it's pretty, think... it's pretty obvious. I'm going to go Shea just because obviously yeah, okay. Jaws out and then Kyrie, obviously, you know, you don't know what you're going to get out of him and Shea, we have a lot of hope for, but I don't know a full season of John Moran when he's not going pew pew into the camera, I think <laughs> is up for debate there. He would be a really good choice. But I'm going to go with Shea, a shooting guard's pretty easy for me going Devin Booker over Jordan Poole and CJ McCollum. And then at my three, I'm going to go Kevin Durant that again, all these choices after the point guard are pretty easy. Uh, my power forward, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and then Joel Embiid. So that is Shea, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Joel Embiid. I am pretty freaking happy with that starting lineup. I have zero Honestly, the one, uh, uh, I guess, like thing I was debating the most outside of point guard is who my sixth man is because my sixth man is going to be Kawhi Leonard. And I was thinking of putting him at my starting lineup as my two and then putting Devin Booker to the bench. But I'm going to respect the positions since his draft was done by positions. So since Kawhi is a small forward, I'll leave him there and I'll just have him as my sixth man as in- instead. You don't have any dogs lineup, yeah. in your team, though. Like, who's who's Pat Bev going to be scared of in the alley if you don't have Jam Morant? Hey, Pat, hey, you know who he's going to be scared of? Kevin Durant. Because Pat Bev said back in the day, like, oh, we tried to stop him, but he's Kevin Durant. What else can we do? True, true. Okay. Hey, your uh, team's very scary, Zelfie. Very scary. Why don't we? A lot we... of points. A lot of points. So Getting dropped on my head. We will put out a line, our full lineups out on the Twitter, so you can vote for that. So give us your full votes of who you think won. Statistically, I won from the player, from the fan votes, from all of the drafts combined. So I don't think I will end up winning. In general, I think it's probably going to skew towards Zulfie when we put the full lineups out. But go to our Twitter within two days of this being posted and go and vote and decide who is the best dream team out of all of them. And Zulfie, why don't you tell everyone what we're going to be doing this entire season with this lineup? Yeah, this is actually really exciting. This was an idea that just came up out of nowhere for us. And thank you for Dan actually organizing it and putting it together. Shout out to our Adam Silver. Yeah, he's our Adam Silver. Uh, he, We took our Dream Team lineups. We're currently in the process of constructing them, but we've drafted them into an actual fantasy league. So our teams, the way we've drafted, are going to be reported fantasy-wise throughout the season, and that's going to be the best way to prove who was the best general manager. Yep. Our teams are going to go through the lineups. We'll do a thing where it goes week by week where we check in on the teams, what each uh, player's record is, how our players did, who's looking good, who's not. And then we'll also develop this as we go because, hey, injuries happen in the NBA. What's that going to do for these teams? I don't know. We'll have that conversation. Is there going to be forfeits every month or something for the one with the worst record or whatnot? These are all conversations that are going to happen throughout the season, which is super exciting. But my favorite part about all this, I'm going to ask you guys what you're more excited about by doing this in a fantasy sense and recording it, is like 
the the bold picks we made and how they pan out me picking Wemby or pretty early on seeing if he pans out like I also picked Evan Mobley we had a couple other people pick some flyers out there Jake took Emmanuel Quigley if he if he's six man of the year that pick looks awesome you know what I mean so uh, uh Spencer starting Desmond Bain like how's that gonna look especially you have John Moran out we didn't even talk about it but that Grizzlies team took another hit with Stephen Adams out how are the players roles gonna change in that way so I think it's gonna be fun to kind of just record and watch how this thing progresses and then for people who are following this podcast all our two listeners shout out Dan for them to pay attention to the draft and see kind of how our fantasy teams are doing yeah I think it's just an exciting way to get the season rolling for all of us just to not make the draft worthless is to put our money where the mouth is I think it'll be fun I'm gonna be prove all of you guys wrong and I'm gonna be the best manager I don't know we'll see Pat Riley Pat Riley call me Masai Ujiri do you want to be Pat Riley after the past couple off seasons he seems to be sleeping at the wheel a little bit (laughs) call me Genie Bus you know Sam Presti I'll be Sam Presti Masterclass. We were going to yeah, talk no, I, about... I love fantasy, though, so yeah, I'm excited. And Dan also yeah, you... said that he's a two-time champion every time he plays. So in the final, you know, we got a three-time. Sorry, my bad. Oh, my God. My bad for getting that wrong. So we're going to have to put that to also to the test and see if he's going to prove that right and make it all the way to the finals as well. I'd like to clarify that if you look at my Yahoo Fantasy profile, there are two seasons where it says I did not win. Oh, so like someone was clarify, lying to us. I would like to clarify that it's because one of my girlfriend's friends who organized the league sure. he made three for some reason, and he didn't delete the other two, so I didn't play in them, and I came like second last, and I hate that that affected my record, but here we are. So I'm just, I'm just putting it on for the record. Nice. <laughs> reverse that. I like that. Um, but yeah, so just you know, putting that on the record just so everyone knows, you know. A three-time champ. I'm there. I think for me, Anyways. the most exciting thing that's going to be happening is what happens with injuries because there's a lot of people that are going to be hurt, and we're not changing this lineup. Like we're not picking players up, we're not adding people. So it's going to be interesting to see how even like the points do. We should clarify it's nine cat. That's an important message to put out there. It's not just going to be like an amalgamation of points. It's nine cat. So everything will count towards the end it'll just be interesting with the amount of people that we have in lineups out of lineups injuries all that stuff it's gonna be fascinating it's gonna be bizarre it's probably gonna be really weird but we will keep you guys updated the entire season as it goes we were as well going to talk about our nba predictions and just do a readjustment i don't think we have time for that this episode so we will save that for next week's episode so keep on the lockup for that or if you follow people on twitter there's already someone on there, but, you know, you'll wait for the actual segment next week. What do you guys think? Good space to stop? NBA yeah. basketball is back, baby. Let's enjoy the ride. Let's go watch some yeah, basketball, we shall we? And instead of our actual outro music, I'm just going to play some NBA and ESPN music. Why not? Thank you guys for listening to the Dream Team podcast. If you guys like what you heard, follow us everywhere. Go on Twitter at Dream underscore Team Pod. On Instagram, Dream underscore Team underscore Pod. And find us on Apple, Spotify. Give us five stars. Follow all that stuff, all that jazz. And if you want to follow me, Jake underscore Schultz 6 on Twitter. Zolfi, where can they find you? They can find me at Zulfi underscore Shake, Z-U-L-F-I underscore S-H-E-I-K-H. I'll be there with all my thoughts and predictions, and I'll be writing for a couple different places come this come this NBA season, so just keep your eye out. That's all I'm saying now. Spencer? 
You can find me at Kloss Talk Sports, C-L-O-S-S Talk Sport. I will be writing all my opinions on the Raptors there, uh, so hopefully they're all good opinions and they don't absolutely let me down so me and Jake don't have to roast them too hard. All right, that's it for me. Daniel? Uh, you can follow me at Raptors Vision on Twitter. Um, and that's it. That's it for us. Let's go watch some basketball, gentlemen. Thanks for listening. Yep.